Murphy, the veteran, the sidestep, the banana, Mark Murphy! Might have no choice. It starts right, it swings back. What a goal! Hello and welcome to the Unlucky Blues podcast. I'm your host, Luke. Joining with me today is JB and Tass. Uh, Before we get into the thick of it all, firstly, I want to say thank you to our listeners. We hit 1K listens, if you saw on the socials this week, so we appreciate all the support. It's been fantastic. One month, so we've only been going for one month, so it's um, happened a lot quicker than we expected. So thank you to all of you. And to sum up what we saw today, this is what I think is all on our minds. You can't be doing this alone. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. All right. After listening to that, JB, how are you? What were your thoughts on the game? Uh, just another... Oh man, you just ah, oh, it's just you can't put it into words. It's just too much ang- too much. It's not even anger anymore. It's just disappointment and sadness. It's like eh, happened again. Yeah, we're gonna be almost indifferent to it now, even even after what we thought was gonna be a decent year. But yeah, just when we thought we were going all right, yeah, they definitely pulled us back in, yeah. gave us a good slap in the face. Yeah, Tats, what are you? What are your thoughts? Well, I'll put it. I'll make it a bit of a metaphor, right? So, game finished and um, as we do every Sunday, my girlfriend came over. She uh, she walked into my bedroom and she looked at my bin and I was like, why are you looking at my bin? And she picked it up and she goes, she goes, why is there a carton sticker on your bin? And I was like, I don't know. And she goes, don't you think it's pretty fitting? Uh, Ouch. And... uh, that and, would uh, be fitting. Thanks, Dennis. Yeah, Kennedy. and um, yeah, that 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 pretty much just summed up the afternoon. I think, um, from someone who doesn't even know footy to know that the Carlton sticker is fitting on the bin. It's, <laughs> and I um, had a dirty day. Just, just a no. Nah, but like in all seriousness, it's um, I was angry. I was frustrated during the game to the point where early in the third quarter, I just decided to go and study. I couldn't be bothered putting up with it and then I, as you do just kept checking the score and started to get some hope back i saw we got to about 29 and i was like oh hello 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 but at the end of the day too far behind too much ground to make up and uh, that's pretty much the common consensus of the whole whole year i reckon so so you haven't watched the second half really no, i have i have watched oh you've watched half, it since <laughs> i watched it i watched it all right. all right so we'll get into it um I think we just mentioned it before off off um off air. We said if Levi has a shot for goal in the first thirty seconds, different oh, yeah, that, game, different game on our true. hands. What is another pass- thing about? Oh, sorry, yeah, go go ahead, JB. Sorry, another thing about his set shots. I was talking obviously before. Why doesn't he just stand facing his body towards the goals? I don't get it. There's been John. so many times. <laughs> been so many times where he just I don't get it. Doesn't face that way, and he'll kick it perfectly. It'd be a good kick, straight, yeah. whatever. But it obviously will miss because he's not miss. facing the right way. He's just small, like first silly little errors. Isn't that like the, the way first you thing play. in goal kicking training? Your, your feet yeah. point uh, at the goals, like stuff like that. Just oh, I get under my skin because it's something that can easily be controlled. Just face the way you're going to kick it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 
It's it's not. It, I mean, it sounds pretty simple, but apparently that's a tough concept to grasp. I mean, we saw Doherty try and kick one over the back over the top of his head in the first quarter. So I mean, <laughs> it's it, it must be uh, something that the players have forgotten. Must be helpful, but um, I think today it really showed. So I mentioned this last week, and our ball skills are just not good. And today it it just it, it just amplified that problem. I think um, our kicking efficiency was atrocious. We couldn't get the ball anywhere around the ground, especially in that first half. Um, Tass, what what were your thoughts? What do you think it came down to? Just a, a lack of skill, or what do you think there was other re- other reasons and factors into why we were just performing so poorly? Look, twenty six percent kicking efficiency doesn't help. But the first quarter, it, yeah, the first quarter. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like you can you can kick as poorly as you like, but if the effort's not there, you're not going to win the game. No, sorry, I meant to let me rephrase that. You can kick it as perfectly as you like, but if the if the effort and attitude is not correct on game day, then you won't win the game. It's as simple as that. We went in there thinking, oh, yeah, we're 11th, we're on the up. We've just come back from 39 points down. Adelaide's going to be a pushover at Metricon. No, Adelaide's not going to be a pushover at Metricon. They've won two on the trot. They're up and about, and their pressure's high. All right? You go out there and you treat it like you're playing the top team. Absolutely. The, the attitude was absolutely ridiculous. I couldn't believe it in the first quarter. Again, again, what does it take to learn that you, to win the game, you don't have to go 50 points down? I just don't understand. Like, like, what, why, why do we, why do we get off the bus at halftime and not at the first bounce? We weren't, we weren't in the, we weren't on the, we didn't get off the bus half. We were still in the hotel at halftime. We're still in the fucking hotel. I know. And a couple of the players walked a bit lazy. I was wondering maybe they had a bit too much at the buffet. Oh <laughs> God! Look at a bit sluggish, especially, especially yeah, too big of a, especially um our favourite O'Brien. He was off for five minutes in the second and he was dead. Within two minutes of being on the field, he was absolutely spent. He couldn't, chase, many, he couldn't chase down another bloke and led to too a Too many goal, scrambled so, eggs, yeah. mate. Just too much at the buffet, I reckon. Yeah. Got to watch out for that. Effort, skills, I don't know, maybe tactics as well. Nothing seemed to really work for us today. I mean, in the third quarter, we sort of saw a momentum shift towards our way but we didn't really capitalize as per usual no. i mean we definitely got the game under control again but that's something that should have happened a lot earlier in the game i mean it shouldn't take two and a half quarters to be able to stop an onslaught i mean it's been the story of our season with these massive um consecutive goals conceded um it's been the probably the biggest theme of our year however um when it did shift our way you know, I, I think what I think we found, well, at least I thought, this was my opinion, the majority of our goals in that second half came from quick rebounds sort of from the back half of the ground and it was going into a bit a much more empty forward line. And I've mentioned it previously in um, other editions of the podcast that um, we just, we don't know how to score when we're playing the football in our half of the ground. And I mean... Mm. As good as as good as it is to play it in your half, I think the way we played in the second half, it's it's more effective to our ability. It's it it suits us a lot better. Um, I mean, I, I, the one that stands out is the one Harry Mackay one on one took the mark and then he played on and ran in. I think it was our second goal for the match. Um, 
Yeah. What were your thoughts, JB? Amazing. Oh, uh, that it. Yeah, I think because after a while we tried to do the kick mark, and if it wasn't there on the defense, and once we let just let them play and let them play open and and faster and really sped it up, we obviously looked a bit more dangerous. Um, that's one. Speaking about Mackay, that's the one thing that that kind of annoyed me. You had Mackay on a two gamer who wasn't going to match him in the year, probably not on the ground either. I know he did kick four goals. He should have had almost 10. And they just didn't use him enough. You had Levi and maybe McGovern sometimes just impeding him and impeding his space. I was about to say, it wasn't McGovern because I barely, I didn't see him until the last quarter. I mean, you're probably not McGovern, but a couple of bigger forwards. Levi, I mentioned this this today when I was watching the game. I was saying, Levi doesn't understand. And this is, I think, one of the biggest reasons why he never truly lived up to to become a great footballer and it is because he doesn't know how to play with other forwards around him i mean there were so many times so many times where he just got right in the path of Mackay, and he did it to cripps as well um when cripps was up forward so i I mean talking about yeah yeah so i mean it was it was very frustrating and another thing i i want to highlight that i noticed um in our forward half at the end of the second quarter, I think it was Harry Mackay took a mark about 70 out, looking for options in the forward line. And we had about six, seven plays in there. One person one person was leading, and it was Cripps. Yeah. Where's yeah. Where's Levi? Where's McGovern? Where's Betts? Levi's, where's Levi, Fisher? Yeah. Just because where's you're a small... Else? Fisher might have been in the rooms, but... Uh, well, it, just, well whoever else. it was, whoever, even McGovern if you're standing small, there. it doesn't give you license to just sit and wait. You know, you you got to take initiative. And the fact that our best midfielder has to be the is the only one leading for the for the football. I mean, it just, just it never uh, it, volumes. No wonder why we can't kick goals. There's no movement. There's no movement. And um, I mean, at the end of just the day, waiting it's for just it frustrating. Just, just waiting for it to be bombed along, and and that's and. You're either going to have another defender coming across and spoiling, or as we saw before, just spoiling each other. So, well, I mean, it's it's frustrating, that's for sure. Um, but speaking of um, the forward half, Cripps is that goal of the year. Tass, do you think that he kicked goal of the year? Might have run a bit far, but <laughs> it's been it's been a few good goals this weekend, hasn't there? That Brent Daniels one from yesterday was pretty amazing. Not too bad. Um, but yeah, look, that that was Crips of last year all over, wasn't it? That that was just bursting through packs. The one against Collingwood, I think. Tackles. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that yes, yes, that reminds me of that one. Yep, yep. Bust some move. Um, the commentary. Yeah, just just make breaks through like three or four tackles, dances. And then kicks it from fifty on the angle, but can't kick it from twenty directly in front. But anyway, so, that's a story just, for another day. Just gonna say he's um, he's lucky he kicked the goal like that because he yeah. missed one obviously from on in front before. It, it was only a minute before, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's like that's what like he's he's lucky it is because if obviously he didn't, all you're gonna walk out is the one that he missed, which was right in front, and you just got to do better there from from right in front. Absolutely, it's just like I think you know the, the, that's just the moral of us you know we just don't take chances it's as simple as that as well and like the the forward structure seriously needs some needs some questioning because we've seen consistently throughout this year that if you get harry mckay one out he's going to win the contest every single time so why why are we not isolating harry have you seen i don't know if you guys noticed tom hawkins Hawkins yes you know know where i'm going hawkins island exactly when geelong played essendon they um, Fox Footy paused the game at one point between a goal, and they showed 
three or four instances where Tom Hawkins was just standing in the goal square and the other Geelong forwards would create space for him by leading up and leaving him isolated on a one-on-one. And he wins one-on-ones every time. Harry has that ability to win the one-on-one every time, but we don't give him space because our forward line gets flooded with these repeat entries that we do nothing from. And then it's a high, long bomb into the 50 where it's a pack of like five or six players jumping at the ball, you know? Like, and you've got yeah, Levi spoiling him. And it's good. To, oh. I think what would, yeah, what, would, what would come in well is having the other forwards where... Because sometimes to, um, to counter that, we saw with Richmond against Geelong, you had um, Grimes and stuff coming across. Yeah. So I was thinking if you, if you have the big key forwards, you can have options and spread. But yeah, I obviously didn't do that. I tell you what. I haven't done it the whole season. I tell you what, I cannot wait to have Charlie Kerno back. Oh, he's he's going to make... He's just going to make us look like such a better outfit. I mean, no offence to Levi McGovern, but you put Charlie in instead of one of those two, it is a totally different ball game when it goes forward for us. We've actually got another that, goal threat. They'd have, have a bit more chemistry, I think, as well, so they'd play off each yeah. other a lot better. Because yeah. oh, they've grown up together, yeah. And, and, and Charlie, he's, he, he's a freak. He, he's a goal he's a kicker. He's, he's smarter as well. At the end of the day... He takes pack marks. Charlie's a goal kicker as well. As well. He, he's, he's, he doesn't miss, you know, three out of four shots. He'll kick three out of four shots. Charlie, Charlie's not the guy that a handball off and look for a second option. Charlie's the guy that's like, yeah, that's it. This is mine. Remember exactly. against Brisbane I, last year? Yeah. He's 55. Yeah, just turns around and goes, nah, this is all me. Bang, straight through the middle. And yeah, yeah, people look at it and it's cocky and it, sometimes it'll come back to bite. But at the end of the day, if you've got a player who backs you, backs himself in, you gotta you gotta just get around him. You gotta back him of up. Of course. And when, if, when he comes in, I feel like it, just the forward line is gonna look so much more effective and efficient. It'll make it easier for the smalls to work off him. There'll just be more movement, I think, and it's something we've really missed. Um, but I wanna I wanna highlight something. I mentioned McGovern before. I thought for a split second there he was going to be the hero we were we were waiting for. Oh, no. He kicked he kicked, a, he kicked a good goal. Well, it was a, it was an easy goal, but um, and he, he he was he was everywhere for for a good five ten minutes. He couldn't he, he couldn't yeah, get no. away from the ball. Yeah, no. but the problem is the problem is the game goes for uh, ninety minutes now with the shortened quarters. So yeah, not ten. Yeah, it it was. It, I think I think he's. It's taken him a while to get going. I think we saw that at the end of the, obviously the end of the game, and I think he'll be better next week. Hopefully, hopefully see a big one from him again. Well, I mean, he'd want to. I mean, he, I'm sure he'll want to get as much money as he can. Uh, look at yeah. the, next year. <laughs> at the end of the day, guys. Look, if if you think about it, right? He he was he's not recruited to be the number one key no, forward. He's not. No, he's not. He's recruited to be the number three key forward. Yes, he's on a lot of money. Allegedly, no one actually knows how much money he's on other than himself and the club. Um, but yeah, he's probably being overpaid, fair enough. But his next contract won't be that big. His next contract won't be that 700k a year that he's supposedly getting now. So, unless he kicks 60 goals for the next three years, who knows? He could be the next Tom Hawkins, you don't know. And if he does, fair play to him. But at the if moment, he does, good on him. Look, he's got the ability, but... it's just a matter of whether he shows it on the park. Um, That's right. And, and one, one, one more thing I noticed in the last quarter, more so in like the last sort of five, ten minutes, Cunningham on the ball created two That's huge chances. Revelation. And, you, and he hit the post. Yeah, one was a post. Oh, how many times? Four, four, I, forgot, I wrote down we've hit the, we hit the post four times. So that's a different game if they go in. And what, two touched as well? Yeah, I think so. So, yeah. and, and Harry Mackay had one touch yeah, on the line. That's right. Um, but yeah, Cunningham, two big chances in the last five minutes created by his run at the stoppage. 
Now, I've, I've, I gave him a bit of a spray last week because he was playing in that small forward, sort of half-forward flank role where it just it doesn't suit him at the end of the day. But, again, he got some time in the midfield and he, he gave us a different look. It was, it was brilliant to see. And, you know, we saw against Essendon how good he was in the middle and he played, what, 10 minutes in the midfield today. And he, he managed to create chances, something that no other midfielder could do for us. JB, surely next week, given that, you know, last just round, you just, got, you just throw him in, don't you? See, I think we're probably going to get to this in a, in a fan question we have coming later, just with the speed of the midfield. He's obviously very quick he, and he moves well. So I don't see why with Cripps and other bigger bodies, you have him in there for that speed outside. He's definitely against Brisbane, just chuck him in there, give him the full game time or as much as you can and then go from there. Because I think that's one of the things we've whacked is speed in the midfield because we just get, yeah. if the ball gets outside on the contest, we're done because the Crips can't get there. Um, Walsh, is, Walsh isn't the slowest, but obviously not the fastest. He's more of a gut runner that runs yeah. longer. So yeah, it's definitely interesting. What I'd like, obviously like to see more in the midfield. He hasn't seen that much opportunity mm. there, so... No, yeah, here's a revelation, boys. Here's a revelation for you. You ready? You ready for this one? Yeah. Luke, I think you know what I'm going to say. How about we play people in their correct position and see what happens? <laughs> I like how you got a lo- nice and close to the microphone there, just so we could all hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely didn't miss it. Oh, I never would have thought that that would work. Oh, well. JV, give me your votes. My votes were uh, three votes to Bryce Gibbs. Oh, no way. Hang on. Almost made him look like a Carlton player today. He was obviously, yeah, we had that spare. They, they, he was spare at the back and he just cleaned up. But no, obviously three votes to Mackay, four goals. Almost did, or did he did, definitely did pretty well. And I think starved with more opportunity. Two was to Nunes. I, I did like his game. He was a lot better with his kicks and, mm. and his usage. And Weeding as well, his intercept. He did get sold the candy affair. A good one by Darcy Fogarty, but... We'll forget that happened. He was he was a lot better down back as well. Pass. Uh, I went through to Liam Jones. I think we would have copped a few more goals if it wasn't for good old Liam out the back there, like the uh, classic centre half. Um, two for Waiters, pretty standard performance, just dominated. And he, I think he got us going a bit in the last quarter as well, just the the, the quick intercept mark and then the quick play on as well. Um, not necessarily a play on, but the quick kick or the quick handball straight off the mark. Um, and then one to Mackay, obviously, kicks a bag. So it's pretty, pretty standard. And he should have kicked more if it wasn't for a terrible, terrible kicking into the 50. Yep. So I've gone, I've gone Mackay for three. I mean, he kicked four, should have had, could have had six um, for sure. He and got, he had two marks taken off him in the 50. So in the forward line. So, I mean, yeah, really good game. One touched, one touched as well. So, yeah. Without him, we lose by probably what would, what would it be? 10 goals or something. I don't know. But um, yeah, we would have we would have been not, not quite, but uh, we we lose by a lot if Mackay's not there. So he, he's an easy three votes for me. Two, I struggled to figure out who I wanted to give two and one to. I didn't think there was any standouts, but I, I gave it to Jones. I thought he he was a good interceptor for us today. Um, same reason as you, Tass, and then I gave the one to Weedering as well. Um, they're ever reliable. Jacob Weedering, I thought he was pretty solid. Moving on to our blowtorch. Now, Tass, I'll start with you. Who? What is your blowtorch this week? 
Okay, my blowtorch this week is line coaching bar Dale Lamos. So obviously our defense is fantastic. So I'm not I've got any complaints about there, but I'm seriously starting to question whether we have good line coaches, good assistants to T because it's just the forward line, like I, we had this discussion a couple of weeks ago and I, I sort of tried to defend the club saying the forward line wasn't dysfunctional, but I'm really starting to mince my words a bit now after today's performance. There's just, there's no structure. Everyone just crowds around each other. There was one instance where I think it had Mackay had it on uh, on center wing, just about 70 or 80 out. I think which the, might, be, might be the one you were talking about before, Luke. Yeah. Um, he was right on the boundary and he, Cripps was leading. Cripps led, yeah. but... Instead of letting Cripps lead, Casbolt comes across and someone else, I can't remember who it was, maybe Fisher. They all come across to try and take the mark. Yeah, and did you, and they did all you come notice, across and try and take the mark. And did you notice Cripps, the midfielder, gave out a big yell at them? He, he, he literally yeah. screamed into yeah. like nothing. It was just a gr- full-on grunt. It was just frustration. So, so the, this, is my, this is my frustration here is why, why is the coaching suggesting that that's okay to do that? Why is there not a more structured forward line where we have Harry Mackay is the big man. He's the number one target. And if Harry Mackay is double teamed, we've got players leading up at the football and leading up at the football quickly rather than standing still. John made the point before that we were kicking to the forward line and everyone was just standing still. No one was moving. This is a line coaching issue. This is not, this is, well, it could be an effort issue too. Just people couldn't be staffed today, but the coaching should suggest and the tactics in the forward line should suggest that we're leading up at the football at least three different leads coming from our tools maybe harry stays straight out the back um but i i don't reckon i've seen a player on the lead for carlton in in weeks in weeks we haven't kicked to a lead in weeks other than harry today maybe a few times it's been a while it's 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 been a while since we've consistently kicked to a lead, and the smalls around the crumbing there's no no one's crumbing the football anymore like what's going on it, that's the job of the small. It comes off the it comes off the hands of the talls, hits the deck, and our, our small should be there to mop up any any um any crumbs that are there. But that's not happening either. I saw I five think or six instances in the first half where it came off hands, and people like Schroenberg, Schoenberg, right there, you know, whatever. Schoenberg, yeah. Sorry. I think sorry, I man. think they I think before they got to crumb, they just kept falling over. <laughs> so that's too oh, many times. It's just like I oh got this player just falling over. Why, why can't we just keep our feet on the bloody ground? It does my Have head you, Was it Harry or Sam Wicks? Is onto something with the metal studs? I think he was, yeah, Sam Wicks. Yeah, he was. And uh, it wasn't even wet. No, it I was know. perfect conditions. Perfect conditions. I reckon every player did it at least once. Okay, JB, give us your blowtorch. Uh, it, was a, oh, it was definitely a tough blowtorch this, this week, but... No, um, for me, I'm just going to go out and say just the whole club at the moment, this five-year rebuild that's meant to happen. I know, obviously, we're pretty far down last year and um, and obviously this season is an improvement, but this whole five years is grinding my gears. And again, um, where we've failed to meet expectations time after time, I've seen other clubs. Obviously, it's hard to do it all the time. You see Fremantle and a couple other teams almost rebuilding within a year and two years. And but what really got pissed me off about this game was this unwarranted arrogance that we had going into the game, thinking, oh, yeah, Adelaide going to win easy. And we were still left in the hotel when the when the bounce happened. So I think just a whole rejig of just the club's mental just framework, I guess, where you just got to 
think differently and think that they've got a sorry, it's it's gonna to be too angry now. But um I was you can see my I can see a couple of my points just just the club they've just gotta do better in in more instances and um I hopefully stuff like that changes where just going to every game not expecting to win but believing they can and doing it as well. But um yeah it's ah, it's yeah, got me too angry now. What about yours, Luke? Yeah, so my, mine's somewhat similar to uh, Tass's, and mine, mine's actually it's it, well, both of yours really. It's it's more club based rather than uh, player based. I'm um, I'm really frustrated with the selection committee this week. Now, I think a pretty good rule of thumb in the AFL world world should be if players aren't fit to play, they don't play. Doherty. We got told during the week, had a calf niggle. Um, sure enough, first quarter, he's in the, at the end of the first quarter, he's in the rooms, um, out for the game. Now, I'm sure they did their tests and whatever during, you know, on yesterday to make sure he was right. And whatever they did, it wasn't good enough because a play going down in the first quarter, I mean, it's it's a big disadvantage, especially given the condensed schedule we've had, all our rotations are very important. Um, so Doherty should never have taken gone onto the field. Um, there was a lot of guys that just looked slow and tired. Ed Kernow, I thought for one, he's one of our best runners, but I haven't seen Ed look that tired in, in, um, in years, really. He's always been known for his ability to get across the ground. And the only reason Ed would be looking tired is just because of fatigue from the condensed schedule. So we're here dropping guys like Cottrell, Owies, Honey, Philp, Dow all year. You know, these are guys, young guys who are, who just want to run. They're going to give you everything they've got. And we've got a Kerno just struggling to get by. We have a Lockie O'Brien should be the freshest legs on the ground getting tired. Breath. Out of breath in the too second much, quarter. Too much, too much of the breakfast buffet. Mark Murphy looked tired. Even Walsh, I thought, looked a bit tired. Today. Yeah, I was about to say that too. So, I mean... And that makes more sense than... It may, but yeah, just give him... You know, you've got all these guys who have played every game this year who are looking tired and you're dropping Cottrell, who's just had, might I say, his confidence should would have been through the roof after what he did against Sydney. He, everyone in the media has been getting around him. He's, he's gone viral basically this week. He yeah. was like, he's gone from a nobody to a very well-known AFL footballer now. And we drop him. I know he didn't do much, but you can't drop. What's the point of dropping a player when their confidence is that high? And you know, you know, with Cottrell, he gives you 110% every week. Yeah. So, I mean, the selection committee, they've got it wrong. I mean, I don't know if you still thought we actually realistically had a chance for finals. And if you did, well, okay, that can maybe be justified. But, um, yeah, I'm not too happy with the selection committee. Um, now, before we get on to our uh, viewer questions or listener questions, I want to um, take a moment to acknowledge two very great servants of our football club. And JB made, mentioned this to me early in the week. Matthew Cruiser and Bryce Gibbs are... Probably the first two players we've truly um, we've seen their full career. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, stop. Is someone really close to the mic? Maybe me. Okay. Can you hear me breathing? Yeah. Okay. No. No. I no, don't know who it was. <laughs> no. All good. Hang on. Let me do something as well, just in case. 
Just gonna get you and you should shut up now. I've got this hard drive connected. Shut up. Oh, I can't hear the hard drive. Oh, you made Brady. like a wearing? Cool. All right. Okay, I'm gonna. That Tass said it. Okay, I'll um. <laughs> he's muted himself. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll just start that moment again. The segment. All right. So moving on. Before we get on to your questions, um, I want to we want to acknowledge on the unlucky Blues, uh, two great servants of our Carlton Football Club, especially in our era. Uh, Matthew Cruz and Bryce Gibbs obviously announced their retirements during the week on what have been what has been two really um, frustrating yet fantastic careers for the two of them. Um, I definitely felt as though. Um, these, these are two guys, and Tass mentioned this to me earlier in the week. Um, these are the first re- two players that we've really seen uh, go from the start of their career to the end of their career and actually have good, long careers. You know, in, yeah, our, it, spots. You know, in our lifetime, it's very, it, it hasn't really been a common theme to see um, someone come in and have a great 200-game career from start to finish at Carlton. I mean, I know Gibbs is at Adelaide, but realistically, his whole career has been at Carlton. And um, I know Simpson's probably going to fall into that bracket, but even Simpson started a bit too early for our memories, well, at least for me anyway. Um, so I just want to start by saying, uh, I'll throw it over to you boys. My, my favourite memories of Gibbs and Cruiser, for Gibbs, for me, I always he's always been one of my favourite players. Even when he got traded, I loved him. Um, I I used to love him mainly when I was younger because... He was my first choice Carlton player in my Supercoach team every year. Um, he was just so consistent. He was a goal-scoring midfielder, and um, I, I just loved the way he went about in Cruiser. He, I will never get over how iconic his runs from the ruck into the forward line and just an out-of-the-ruck sort of goal from the centre bounce, you know. And it, it, it's like the whole game just went into slow motion whenever he would do it because he was so bloody slow. Um, so, Backed up. you know, along. What, what about you, JB? What, any memories of those um, two? Yeah, Gibbs, I, I loved, yeah, one of my, I had him on the back of my jumper a fair few times. Um, had one family day when it was raining. That was the only bloke I wanted to get a, a photo with. Um, yeah, fantastic, very versatile, played halfback, played midfield, bit on the half forward. I'm sure he would have at some time, always gave his all for the club. Um, Cruiser, yeah, what? Not much more you can say. Um, just an, obviously unfortunate that um, his injuries got the better of him in the end and kind of robbed him of a. Fa- obviously, he's not a good career, but of a real fantastic career. He's one of the best ruckmen in the league. Obviously. I think in 2017, he made the All Australian squad. And um, yeah, just the cruise, the big, the mm. big bellows from the whole crowd. Just that's one thing you look always look forward to when. When he was playing, um, yeah, the goal it was a goal against Port or Geelong. I can't remember which. I was played both, Port, but Port, and, um, Port, yeah. Port when they had um, you had Sandy Roberts saying "Be a hero," and um, yep. that, that's well, I think we were at that game, but watching the replays and that commentary is um, pretty good. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a shame to see that people are kind of real, saying what a great ruckman he was at his retirement because um, oh, I think a lot of us always said it. He's the, we always believed he was one of the best in the comp. Other people didn't really see it. So, um, 
Yeah, what about you, Tash? Have any memories of the two Carlton greats? Well, the the thing I'll start with Cruz just because he was still with us. Um, the, the the thing that really resonates with me with Cruz is that, and every every Carlton supporter would say it, and the the AFL supporters that really understood the game would say it too. That say Carlton's a better team when Cruz is playing. Hundred percent. And you'll hear it. You'll hear it religiously. Every Carlton supporter would say it whenever Cruz would come back. That Carlton's a better team when he's playing because he just provided that, oh, just. Unrivaled athleticism. It was unbelievable. He was so slow, but he was so fast. Like I don't, I, I don't know could, if that could, makes any sort of sense. Could, but like, could we liken him to a Pendlebury? <laughs> <laughs> oh, game just slows down around him. Without a basketball background, that's the thing, JB. Though it did, it it did. And uh, there was one goal that I that I played back in the highlights package, and it was from last year when um, he just. Just picked it up, picked it out of the ruck. He tapped it down. I think it might have been Cripps hand brought it back to him. He just ran from from the center circle to the edge of the square, just banged it from fifty five, and it went straight through. And it's just like it, it, no one put pressure on him or anything. It's like, oh, Cruz has got the ball, leave him alone. You know, he's just that Why sort just of guy. They're just too shocked. Too scared. On. He shouldn't. He yeah. shouldn't be moving that. that Cruz, Cruz is That's one of right. those guys who, if I had a gun to my head and I needed one player to have a shot at goal, Cruz would be someone I would pick. <laughs> he he I was would, wouldn't it? so reliable in front of goal. Yeah. And what about yeah, Gibbsy, Tass? Um, what about Gibbsy? And Gibbsy, oh, like I, I posted it on on Instagram during the week. The the, the best memory I have of Gibbsy is that goal, yeah, um, against Richmond. That 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 was, and just I, I remember it. I remember it because of the look on Dimmer Hardwick's face after he kicked it. And <laughs> the, 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 it's just the, the the sort of player that he was. You know, he 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 also was always for the jumper, and um, we had a bit of beef with some Adelaide supporters during the week about it. But, he, he, Adelaide ruined him. Let's be honest. Um, he he was a top class player. That bloke and it just he he summed up what what you want from a number one draft pick. You want class. You want effort. And and Gibbs was just all that. No matter no matter what where he was played, always had a great attitude. Even when he didn't get that trade in twenty sixteen, into twenty sixteen, came back in twenty seventeen, and had probably his second best year off the halfback flank. He, he was just unbelievable. He, he, both of them are just staples of, of I guess our childhood boys because that's that's it. that's really like like Luke mentioned before, that's that's really who we grew up with. We didn't grow up with the Bradles and the Silvanis and and those t- type of guys. Gibbs, Murphy, Cruiser, these are the guys that really came to fruition when when we started really passionately following the club and started to understand the game of of, of AFL. So I guess that, that that's really what Gibbs and Cruz and, and when Murph retires, it'll be the same message, you know? Um, but th- these are the guys that really, when we really started religiously following the game, these are the guys that were running around for us. Good, bad, ugly, didn't matter. You always knew Gibbs and Cruz were, were, were there to give a hundred percent. And and that's just what, why we love them, I guess. I think you summed it up pretty well. So from us here at the Unlucky Blues and on behalf of every Carlton fan out there, uh, congrats on a great career, boys. I know I'm 100% sure you guys are listening, so congrats on a great <laughs> career. Um, we'll move on to some listener questions. Tats, do you have a few for us? I do have a few. Let me just get them up on my phone here. So we'll start off the Instagram. Um, Nicholas Adrian Arcos goes, and this is a question that probably resonates a lot with us. How do we have so much top-end draft talent yet have some of the worst ball skills in the league? I, I I think there's just our development team must it's it's it comes down to either our development team, 
um, he's just not good enough. You know, we don't do enough to help out these young guys or our draft committee our, or whatever you want to call them. I don't know what the official title is, but whoever chooses who we're drafting is just not right. Because any club, the only club in the league who has had as much top-end talent as us and not been able to do anything is Gold Coast. And they're starting to show signs this year. They're still not doing great. But it's it's a concern. That's that's my opinion anyway. What about you, JB? Um, yeah, it's it's six of one. I think half of it for me it's just effort because we've seen them. Obviously, that they're talented. We've seen good skills from them. Just seeing it on a consistent basis, I think it's more between the years for them. Where have it's just seen, got to, Have we have we seen good skills? I, have we seen good I've, skills from, from most of the, from 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 most of them? I'd say, like we say, obviously Cunningham, that game against Essendon, there's a few where they've got good skills. You just don't see it all the time. It's just sloppy. And it's just yeah. sloppy if they concentrate and I think train more. Obviously, it's 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 a hard year to, to I guess, um, to examine all that because obviously you can't train as much and whatever. But yeah, I, I guess it, I think they are talented kids as a stum and players. I think it might be more so with the development, but I think Luke Powell's come in this year. So... It's hard to really see the the fruits of that just yet. It's it's definitely an annoying one. Just um, I think it's just more being smarter with the ball. It's more between the ears for me. Fair enough. Yeah, I get that. But at the end of the day, like, why are you going so high in the draft if you can't kick straight? Because we draft for set shots because or just the, anything because no the no best. just anything like like setters setters was pick six, and can't setters can't pick the ball up and he can't kick. Like he's he he's tough and he laid like seven or eight tackles today I think, um, but at the end of the day like you're a midfielder running out of the center square you should be hitting targets and well, he's be, he shouldn't be well, he shouldn't be the person that should be getting the ball outside then he should be like the, on the inside maybe it's just a bit of a player role. Well, on that note, well. I think playing I think, to their strengths. I think what you said Tass there the problem is we we draft athletes now we don't draft footballers. Yes, you know that's where enough. Gibbons. That's where I Gibbons that. comes into yep. it, and, and, and you see, say Gibbons. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I think I meant I might have mentioned this on the podcast last a week or two ago, or I might have just it might have not been on the podcast. I definitely mentioned it to someone though. The best example of drafting a footballer compared to an athlete is James Podziably. He came in. He got overlooked for years. Came into ten John, years almost. He won them a flag because he could play football. He could kick the ball. He could mm. mark and kick. He wasn't an athlete. He could he could barely move the bloke. But he could play footy. That's why my um, it's my favourite small forward of always definitely up there of one of, or at least in the top ten is um Matthew Wright, just a smart footballer. Smart footballer wasn't the, can... wasn't the most athletic, wasn't the quickest, but he was smart and it was tough. Yeah, I, I, that's I, I definitely agree with that sentiment, and it, it it pisses me off to no end, just caring about athletes. It's like that's why I kind of want more games to be in the wet because you see actual football under this system. Crap, that kind of pisses me off. Yeah, it brings people down to our level. <laughs> uh, what's the yeah, next one? it just makes them play football. That's right. Next up, um, Atlas Sirianos goes, lowering expectations will make experts look silly when the Blues make an assault next season. <laughs> yes, I, reckon, mm. I reckon next next year we say bottom four. That's that's our ceiling. Shout, You're putting too much out, faith in us, Athos. Shout out to the rush behind. Athos, go check it out. Athos runs a nice uh, little TV show called The Rush Channel Behind. Channel 31. I definitely recommend that. Moving on. Uh, Rhiannon Newman goes, I'm unable to locate our mongrel. 
I've, well, I've, we dropped I've it. Also, I've also failed to find it. Yep. We, dro- uh, we dropped it in Cottrell. We dropped, and it. it's, um, we dropped it in... We did. He's, he, he provides that. And then a couple of the players just... Just a bit soft. I yeah. think. Let me... Let, let me let me tiptoe around the, around the statement for a second. What, what's more important, mongrel or accurate kicking? I th- it's it's you'd rather have accurate kicking, but I don't I don't think you get the chances without being tough, and just because if you get beaten it, easily, you're not going to easily. Depends. It just depends what you mean by mongrel. Like when I've heard that a lot this year, and and at the start I tended to agree with it, but I sort of waned from it a little bit because to me. Mongrel is your mum for sure. times, like people that don't, people that just go out and hit bit, bush bit dirty, and yeah. shove and dirty. But you don't need. I don't necessarily think we need mongrel. I think we need toughness and bravery, which which we don't have at the moment. People that are willing to stick their head in underneath the pack and, and rip the ball out. And I sort of, I think mongrel to me, I guess. Obviously, to some people, mongrel means that, but to me, that's not necessarily mongrel. That's just bravery and courage that that we don't have. We have a lot of cats at the moment. I think, um, you know, a <laughs> um, few deers in the headlights. Yeah, that's it. Luke, what do you reckon? You yep, agree with you, that? Yeah, he summed it up perfectly. Uh, uh, Michael Ramiro goes, "Your midfield's too one-dimensional and lacks leg speed." You're <laughs> so yeah, definitely. You- Yours, yeah. yours. So, so this this is not a current supporter. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think we obviously mentioned it with Cunningham before. I think yeah, I think we de- we definitely have to look at adding some speed. Obviously, yeah, kind of a bit too slow because you've got Cripps. Setterfield goes through there. Kerner goes through there. Who else? Walsh. Like they're not blistering speed. Maybe we could try Paulson in the midfield. See how that goes. No but thanks. um. Just um, but I think I think we should keep Cunningham in there at least, provide that speed, inside and Cripps can Cripps can Cripps and Kerner or Setterfield or whoever can dish it out to him and he can use it because I think he is a good user when he's on when he's like awake. If he's a bit lazy, he'll waste it. Like look, like, look at the end of the day, I, I want to I want to comment on this actually because I just I just just came to me now. So at the centre bounce, you have three midfielders and your ruckman. Ideally, usually it would be Cripps, Kurnow, and one other for us, whoever it might be. So let's say you, you, Cripps and Kurnow sort of have to start at the centre bounce. They can't start on a wing, those two. And usually, we've seen this year, Setterfield's usually been that third. Yeah. If we want to add speed, does that mean Setterfield goes somewhere else at the start? Because, or does that mean Ed Kurnow goes somewhere else? Or does I think you Cripps keep Ed Kurnow because he plays in there because you have a tagging... He can usually sometimes starts on the better midfielder of the opposition. Um, Cripps obviously stays. That. I think maybe rotate it through. Try maybe Setterfield becomes that Kerno type, or more becomes a tag or something. Yeah, what do you think about that, Tass? About the the midfield setup? I it's consistently like I, I don't know the percentage, um, so don't quote me. But it's a pretty high percentage where it's Cripps, Setterfield, and Kerno um, in the centre bounds, and Cripps can't kick. He wins it but can't kick. Kerno, again, tough, hard, goes in goes in and under. Wins um, it, but his clearances it, are just bombed long. His clearances are just bombed long. And that's not necessarily a bad thing out of the centre bounce, I don't think. But um, the other one, Setterfield, yeah, again, <laughs> can't kick. 
there's, I think it's, 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 it's very it's pretty, just too similar. <laughs> it's a pretty common theme at the center bounce, isn't it, boys? Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's frustrating. Um, yeah, it's frustrating. Look, I, I think that Williams type in the middle, because I think Williams can kick, so he'll provide that oh, yeah. speed out of the middle and the distribution will be well. Um, moving on to the last one we've got off Twitter here. Tim W., quick shout out to Tim. Um, he gave us a really nice report when we posted the um, the 1,000 listens. So, Tim, thanks for that, mate. We really appreciate it. It's good motivation to keep going. Um, on to his statement, though. He said, we keep obviously making the same mistakes. What can this be put down to? Tim thinks ineffective coaching, unable to practice due to hub rules, inability of players to learn. And then he goes, I'm just out of answers. Just like most of us, Tim, I think. Luke, what do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, look, you, we, at the end of the day, we can only really speculate on what it could be because there's so many different little things that we pick up each week and it's always something different. There's always something different every week that you say, that's not quite right. And um, I mean, I mean, answers at the end of the day are just what we want from the club. We want to be told, we want to see T get angry and say, this is where we went wrong. You know, this is what we need to improve. Um but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know what to say anymore, really. I mean, I think, yeah, effort, you know, our skills, it's all just, everything adds up and makes it very frustrating. I mean, you can get away with being bad at one thing, but when you've just got a collection of, um, I guess, problems, they're going to cause bad results. Yeah, that's um, that's pretty much it for the Twitter questions and right. uh, Instagram. So we're, we're pretty good on that front. All right. Well, we'll move on because we're getting on a little bit here. Um, we'll move on to our unlucky moments of the week. Do either of you boys have an unlucky moment for us? Because if you don't, I do. Um, go for it, Luke. I probably wouldn't. All right. No, nah, well, I don't have one. You go for it. Well, I got this one sent in for me from Lib. So shout out to Lib. Um, unlucky Carlton moment for him is we always get the bad brother. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. He's, he's given me a list. He's given me a list. He sent me a list. I, I could, I could tell you right now. No, 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 no. Get a Some of these names I haven't heard of, but <laughs> so I'll, I'll give you the surname and then I'll read you the good and the bad. So you've got Everett. We got Andreas. The other one was Spider. Spider. Bond. Andreas was still pretty good. Shush. Bond. <laughs> Tr- we got Troy. The other, the good one was Shane. Longmuir. Oh, we man. got, we got Troy. The good one was Justin. Justin. McGovern, we got Mitch. West Coast got Jeremy. McGrath, McGrath, we got Corey. They got Ashley. Hartlett, we got Adam. They got Hamish. Hamish. DeLuca, these ones are just both bad. We got Adrian. They got Fabian. Menzel, we got Troy. They got Daniel. Oh, God. Crode, we got Cameron. They got Trent. And Cloak, we got Cameron, okay. they got oh. Travis. <laughs> oh, no. And I, think, and I think with a few of our um, selections, we've tried to hedge our bets with um, the Halpins and Kurnos. I was about to say, the, the, we've found the solution. You just get both of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think with, um, with Deconing, I think we might have the better one. Oh, Hopefully. Touch and wood, mate. Don't, don't jinx yeah. it, touch and, please. Oh, I'm, I just had about it, but I reckon I haven't, I haven't played, mate. And Tom Deconing is the king, mate. What are you going to do? Maybe we should draft Henry Walsh as well, just to be safe. Well, thank you for that, Lib. We appreciate it. I think, that thanks, was, I think that's probably that's good my, fa- that's my favorite one, I reckon. That was funny. That's a really good one. Um, but we'll move on. Opposition report. Uh, final game of the year. So 
it's all um, coming to an end, thankfully, because my hair's going too grey. Uh, we've got Brisbane, so it's going to be a tough match, um, undoubtedly. Uh, I don't, I'm not expecting too much from the Lions against the Lions. I mean, they are at the end of the day a top three team this year. Pro, arguably, on their day, they are the best team in my opinion, and they're going to have. They're definitely going to be looking at the flag this year, given that the the granny's going to be up in Queensland, and um, their real big issue is, I guess, their kicking. But other than that, there's no real weaknesses in their side that has been exploited, other than their goal kicking. Uh, looking at their back line. Uh, they obviously have Harris Andrews, who's the best key defender in the league at the moment, but he's out for uh, he he's out for a few weeks. So, we uh, luckily Harry won't have to go up against Harris Andrews. The other keys, other key defenders, they have a Darcy Gardner and a first year player, or at least his first year playing in the AFL, uh, Jackson Payne, I believe his name is. Um, so yeah, they're the Payne. keys. So I mean, you know, they're they're. They're serviceable. A gardener's definitely serviceable. Payne still trying to prove his spot, um, but they're not. They're not huge names. But um, the thing that stands out from my in my eyes for the Brisbane backline is the rebounders. You know, you have got two brilliant kicks of the footy in Daniel Rich and Grant Birchall, just spearheading the attacks from behind. Um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Daniel Rich. I always have been. So I I, I always love watching him. Uh, just kick the ball. He's got a beautiful kick. One of my mates who's a Brisbane supporter always says, um, before he's even kicked it, as soon as the ball touches his hand, oh, what a kick. Because it just, it just comes off perfectly. So they're definitely two to watch, I think, for us in that back line, Daniel Rich and Grant Birchall, when the ball, if, to all them, because if they start getting on top of the game, the ball's going to move out of our forward half pretty quickly and it could get a bit ugly. Tass, what about the midfield? Uh, midfield's pretty obvious. So they're they're pretty stacked at the moment, Brisbane. Um, yeah, look, it's a lot to worry about. Um, you got the <laughs> likes of um, you know just just the old Lockie Neal, who averages twenty seven touches in a shortened quarter season. So um, you know, just maybe maybe might have to worry about him. Uh, and then we got. Jared Lyons, who's going pretty well as well. He's averaging Huge, yeah. twenty. Huge, he's yeah. averaging twenty-two. Oh, Neil suspended. Hello. Maybe suspended. I say maybe suspended. Had a bad tackle on Nick Blakey, so could be could come under a bit of scrutiny. That that would shake up the Brownlow. Fingers, that would fingers shake crossed. up the Brownlow a lot. Yes. Um. Anyway, so then we also have Lyons, who's averaging twenty-two touches. Um. And then there's the likes of I think McCluggage has been a bit more half forward. Sort of type this year, um, sort of more yeah, a wing role for McCluggage, a bit wing, more wing, sort of, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you know you got your your Robbo, the uh, Mitch Robinson, love Mitch Robinson, obviously for obvious reasons. Um, and yeah, Jared Berry, I think is Jared Berry more of a forward? Do you think? He, no, no, I think he's, he's out. He's, he's a bit of a he's, floater. Is he out though? He's he's out at the moment. He might come is back he? in. He, he was out as, for a concussion, I think, or maybe a shoulder. Oh, you oh yeah, so he was shoulder. shoulder. Starsevich yeah. was a was an um, was a concussion, but yeah, you know he plays mainly midfield and pushes forward. Their whole midfield pushes forward and forward and kicks goals really. So um, they they're a bit positionless in a way. They're not really super structured. What about the forward Jamie. line, JB? Forward line, we have so we have. Reference to Dale Stoppaganger in Eric Hipwood at full forward. He's a he's very athletic. I've Find a bit of similarities between him and Mackay, just their athletic ability as well. Obviously, their small forwards, Charlie Cameron, obviously best in the comp. 
Caden Coleman's come along in the past couple of weeks, and he almost had a couple. What it looks good? Um, looks good. You got McStay there as centre half forward. What you've got the Ruckman can in McInerney and Smith can has a propensity to kind of push on forward as well. I think just got to watch out for the quick ball use. They've obviously we saw last year when they they kicked a quick score of forty odd points against us. Obviously. Luckily, managed to win, but they have a they have a ability to score goals quickly if they kick straight. So, if our backline stands up, I think we can do pretty well. Just just got to hope they don't kick straight as well, which will definitely help us. What are your predictions for the game, Johnny? Uh, do you know what? Knowing us, we'll probably we'll win this one. We'll win the game <laughs> we weren't meant to out of the two. We'll win by twenty odd points. From Andrew, I reckon we'll lead from start to finish. We won't be down by forty points like we were last year. We'll be we'll kick the first, go down by a couple, I reckon, and then maybe even it out at quarter time, and we'll see how we go. But um, I, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if we managed to win. I go us by twenty points. All right, Tass, what are you thinking? Oh, I'm with John on this. It, it, it just wouldn't even surprise me. Like, it, oh, and it frustrates me to my core, but it wouldn't surprise me if we win. Um, we won't win by much. I don't think we'll win by twenty, but. Um, yeah, I'm still going to tip us because it's just so, so typical, Carlton. So typical. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to go us by ten points. Alrighty, I'm going to I'm going to tip the lines for this one. They're too good. There, I, I think they want to get in a really good hit out before their finals campaign. So I'm going to say the Lions by five goals. Unfortunately, I think they're just going to outclass us on the day. Now we're going to move on to everyone's favourite part of the show. Our forgotten blue. Our expert, JB, is actually going to be the one reading it out. So you're not going to have someone yelling the answer this week. JB? Yeah, I thought I thought it'd be a bit unfair for me to take a trick in forgotten blues. So <laughs> I have it. Okay. So he was born on the 17th of October in 1992. He was picked up with pick 31 in the 2010 rookie draft. It was originally from Colac and it was prior to pick... It was there prior to being picked up from the Geelong Falcons. He was asked a question. He's oh no, sorry. He's the son of a dairy farmer. So in a pre-draft question, he was asked what hard work means, and that was his response. I'm the son of a dairy farmer. So he knows what it meant. I don't know <laughs> if it worked out too well for his career. He spent two seasons at Princess Park without managing a senior game for the Blues. In 2011, he finished fifth in the Northern Bullants Best and First Award and was voted best finals player um i kind of I, sorry i'm going off the blue zam so it doesn't have that it doesn't have his position but i think he was a more of a midfielder i kind of i sorry hang on i need to find this out oh, it's nice um, preparation here jb yeah i cooked it i thought <laughs> i'd have it up um i oh know he was 190 centimeters so i say more of a half four, yeah, six foot two so he's more of a half forward he wore the wore the goonsy number 37 um oh. all right his draft photo looks like he is a lot younger than drinking age. I mentioned, I did mention his name last week because I was trying to figure out is who it, it was. Is it, is it Jared Kasher? No, it's not no. Jared Kasher. It was a couple of years later. Is, is it, was there a McGuinness? McGuinness? I, no, not him. No, but, no, it's not him. Oh, geez. Oh, I, I can't because like I can't even pull up stats when he debuted or the anything. 30, the, 30, the, 30, the 37. 37. That's what's number 30, 
Ah, uh, well, um, oh, no, I'll call anything... myself out on this. Give, give us, uh, give us a first name initial. J. It's not Keisha. Okay. Um, oh. Jason. It can't be, no. Jason Tut was uh, went to the Couple dogs. Years later. No, he's later. He's later. Oh, oh God. He headed back to the Western Districts and played for Cobden in 2012. <laughs> so that I, if this is a real forgotten one that I'm sure no one would do. <laughs> your, your... What's the first letter of his surname? J what? D. J D. J D. Yep. He uh... was he was delisted in 2011. So he was there for two years. I was going to say Josh. Maybe DeLuca, actually no. Was, actually no. Sorry, one year. season. Actually, my maths is incorrect. One season. Jeez, that's stiffed him. Yep, um, Dad got a photo with him. All right, I'm out. I'm out. Go out. His name is Joseph Dare. Oh, jeez. Oh, god. What? <laughs> an, okay, I never would have got that. So you know, fair enough. That's that's what it's all about. I, I'm I'm claiming that as a hat trick of forgotten boys. I think I, yeah, um, I, th- I think I you think got you it. boys didn't get it. Joseph, if you remember him, you've you've done pretty well. Oh, Joseph Dare. Joseph Dare. There wasn't enough. There wasn't enough information to have to draw it out longer. The proper guy. Yeah. Wow, that was a great yeah. one, JB. We we love we Thanks. love it. So um, <laughs> if you got that one, let us know because I think that probably is the hardest one we've had. Or at least I think it is anyway. Um. So yeah, just before we go, um, if you want to get in touch with us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know the drill. Send us in any questions, thoughts. Um, we love hearing from you. We love getting a different perspective on what's going on with the footy club. Um, again, thank you so much for all the support. 1K listens, which is pretty, pretty phenomenal. Uh, we, we're loving it all. And um, until next time, go Blues. I love-